Hello, Formula One fans, and welcome back to F1 in Focus. We are the only Formula One podcast where a Dutchie and an Englishman can very much do get along in the world of Formula One. While having some civil discussions, race recaps, and discussing racing food and beverages. On today's show, show number two, we'll discuss Audi joining Formula One in 2026. Daniel Ricciardo confirmed the end of his McLaren era. And of course, we talk about Spa. My name is John and joining me is the man with the best hair in the business. It's none other than James Hazel. Hey, James. Hi, how are you doing? I'm doing great, mate. Good. Um, my predictions were a bit off, but we'll talk about Spa in a moment. Yes, yeah, um, <laughs> um, I have to do something though before we start talking about news. And so we yeah. were very right about all the penalties that we expected to be taken this weekend. Yeah, I think there was there ended up being more penalties than we thought. Uh, it was a bit crazy. Qualifying didn't seem to finish for about another hour while everyone figured out where everyone was. <laughs> yeah, which was insane, right? Yeah, uh, but as expected, I think we'll be having no more penalties for a little while. Uh, Monza probably Perez taking the penalties there, I think. Yeah, and signs maybe. Yeah, but for now it's all right. But it's yeah. good to see you again. Yeah, um, you too. How was the first show for you? Because that was your first official podcast, right? First time I've ever done a podcast. Uh, yeah, I was a little bit nervous. I think I maybe should. I don't know, but I'm sure I'll settle into it as we do more of these. I'm pretty sure you will. It was great, man. And if you're listening and viewing this show, of course, thank you so much for your support, checking us out, giving us those reviews and those thumbs up. Very much appreciated. And we can only go upwards from here. So, James, we had a little bit delay pushing our, out our first show. Yeah. <laughs> um, shall we just confirm why that was? <laughs> can do if you want, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we named the show. Uh, because well, I have also other podcast, and we wanted to stay in the same branding of podcast. So uh, we we made everything, made the finished editing, we we uploaded it all, did a test run, all good. And then I was actually wanted to listen back to it, and I realized there was also another show whose name was exactly the same. Which like yeah, although we're legally we just we kept we could, but that doesn't feel right. They, these guys worked hard on their show, so let's rename it. And it actually took us another day to make new logos uh, and stuff and take pick it all up, changing all the names on Spotify and stuff as well. And so we were a, a little bit late with our release of the podcast, which meant we pushed it out on Thursday. And, of course, the first topic we opened up was City Season, which was all about Daniel Ricciardo and Sebastian Vettel mostly, and Viastri, of course. And the first news that actually came out when everyone arrived at Spa this Wednesday was... So this was before we released the show. Daniel Ricciardo actually has been, um, well, was not getting a new contract and actually been bought out of his contract for next year. So this is actually the last eight races left for Daniel Ricciardo in Formula 1 unless someone picks him up, James. Thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, we, we kind of expected it to happen, didn't we? I think during the last podcast we kept saying that if it plays out the way it looks like, it's going to play out and stuff like that. So it's, it basically has done. Um Still a little bit gutted for Ricardo, to be honest, because I'd like to see him stay in Formula One, but it's clearly not working at McLaren. And even at this latest race, it kind of proves that, I mean, McLaren maybe weren't entirely on the ball anyway in Spa, but he still didn't really 
perform as well as he should do in that car. So uh, that's the biggest issue, right? Like uh, I really like the guy we spoke about last week. Yeah, it's uh, of course a terrific guy. When he was a Red Bull, the team with Max is was amazing, and they really hyped each other up and they they went at each other on a good way once in a not so good way but yeah they made each other better i think and they were definitely pushing each other yeah yeah i think the way it seems to me is that i think ricardo moving up to red bull being alongside vettel beating vettel in 2014 he probably was expecting to be the top dog of the the team and then Max kind of got fast-tracked part of the way through 2015, didn't he? Was it 2015? I think it was, wasn't it? Uh, when they uh, swapped him and um, Kvyat around. And Max just kind of proved that he he was already at that level to be in the top team. And yeah, probably, I think the first season they were about equal, but yeah. the second season was already but it, I think cleared, that, at least in qualifying. And in yeah, I think that probably unsettled Ricardo a bit, didn't it? And then from there, I think you can understand his struggles to some extent because really all he's done is taken a step back from being in like one of the top teams in the sport to dropping down to what was Renault, now Alpine. And then obviously McLaren was hopefully going to be a good move, but hasn't worked out for him. So I think I really want to see him get just that second chance because I I think he could be doing better than he currently is. But I, I'm beginning to think now, as much as I would hate to see him leave the grid, that he might not get a seat next year. Yeah, I think it's I think who are like it's not the same Daniel anymore. No. Uh, a big part of uh, like professional sports is, of course, your not your enthusiasm or your will to win, but also your confidence. Confidence. You can take a lot of confidence, but you like form and confidence are very tightly connected. Yeah. And as you can see with Max, he's just flying around. He's oozing confidence, being patient on stuff, and just chilling. Well, there's so much pressure on him. You see with Leclerc, he's fast enough, uh, but you see with him. The pressure sort of takes a toll and he makes one mistake, makes a second mistake and goes from there. Definitely. Daniel has been making mistake after mistake after mistake and it's really hard to get out of that rut. Yeah. And why would a team risk getting him on? Although I I would really hate to see him go. But which team could pick him up and actually have a better... Because they still have to deal with that issue first then, right? Yeah. He's not suddenly coming into a team being confident. (laughs) No, I think... I think really the only option he's got that I can see is a one-year contract to Alpine and they just review him over a year and they kind of do what Red Bull are doing with Perez, give him a go and if he doesn't perform, they're not tied down to him. Um, but do they, does Alpine want to take him is the, is the real question because he's, he's just not... He's, he's yeah. just not... He's not quite performing how he should be doing. And there's no excuse think, this yeah. year, certainly, because like we kind of covered last week that his first year at McLaren, there was a lot of talk of him like struggling with the car, but you can't use that as an excuse this year because everyone's got to adapt to these new regulations. 
so that should have really put him at a level playing field with Norris. And when it has now that if it if it has, Norris is still quite handily beating him. So yeah, I just seen today. Like we're, we'll talk about the race shortly. Yeah, but I don't want to explicitly name Daniel. I think in it, but you see today that he like Norris started with a lot of penalties. I think eight places behind him, seven places behind him, something like that. Um, but Norris still outperformed him today again. Yep. And I think that must suck. He, he's, I think in the standings, he was 15 today. Uh, Ricardo, yeah. yeah. Norris so, was 12th or 11th, wasn't he? I can't remember exactly where he finished in the end. He was, he was yeah, kind of so tied in that, that little DRS train behind Albon, wasn't he? Yeah. And I mean, that's of course difficult, but I, uh, like Norris still, wasn't. Well, yeah, but the point is, yeah, the point is that Norris, Norris started 17th. Yeah, he's still Well, Daniel finished. started 7th. Absolutely, yeah. And if we look at the end results, I was, that's 7th for Daniel and 17th from uh, Norris. And we'll look at the results today. We see Norris on 12th. Yeah. So that's plus 5. Plus five. And we see Daniel on 15th, so that's minus 8. Yeah. Not a good luck. Yikes. Uh, that's not nah. good for your confidence. And this was one of those races where he had to show himself as well. Yeah. Didn't seem to be a reason for it either. I didn't notice anything in the race in particular that, like, any kind of mistakes from Ricardo or getting tied up in anyone else's mistakes or pit stop errors or anything like that or strategy errors. It just, it just seemed to be slow to me. I don't know if you caught anything, but... No, so I, I watched a couple of the zoom boards and it's like being doing all right. Uh, but I think the biggest fact, he got, got a little bit unlucky while being stuck behind Albon. Uh, while Norris, I think, pitted along with him, which made it a bit easier. Yeah. Uh, still didn't pause Albon, though, so <laughs> there's that. But yeah, I don't think it's anything specific. I think what he needs is an extraordinary race to get some confidence back. But on the other side, last year he won Monza, right? Yeah. And that didn't help either after that. So No. Maybe we should just say, you know what, it's it's harsh, but you're, it is okay, it's done. Well, if you look at Sebastian Vettel, who already announced his retirement, of course, actually did perform really well over the weekend. Yeah, he did, yeah. So, yeah, it, it is harsh on Ricardo, but this last, last week I was really hoping he'd get a seat, but I think this weekend just kind of not really nailing the coffin exactly, but just kind of reasserts that he's, yeah, he's they made the right decision. Yeah. Uh, let him see wins on for next week though, with us saying it. Yeah. Well, but based on, <laughs> based on how Alpine did and how McLaren did this weekend, maybe not the best decision for Piastri. <laughs> yeah. That's the other thing though. Uh, if you look at the race, of course, Alpine, they just came fifth and seventh today. Yeah. So, um, they actually, I'm, Pretty sure, but well, I'm actually checking now, but I'm pretty sure they surpassed McLaren now. Yeah, so they're now fourth with 115 points. Yeah. They got a 20-point lead over uh, McLaren currently. So Piastri, well done. You sent for the wrong team, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe Although, maybe this is what tomorrow, Ricardo needs. If Ricardo does get that Alpine, Alpine seat, maybe this is all he needs, moving to a, a more consistent team. Because McLaren have been a little bit up and down. They had a they, I mean, we were talking last week about yeah. them being the fourth fastest car in the grid, which they probably, for the most part, are. But as long as the track isn't, yeah, they 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 seem to be 
almost like Mercedes, but on a slightly less extreme scale. Um, in that, I mean, they had some struggles at the start of the season, which I think was to do with parts on the car, which they replaced fairly quickly, which seemed to yeah. pull them up the grid a little bit. But the car does seem to be a little bit hit and miss compared to some of the other teams that are reasonably consistent. I mean, Alpine's a prime example of that. We talked about Ocon last week and how his results are not great, but they're consistently not great, if that makes sense. Like, he's, he's always yeah, although, finishing in the same sort of spot. Although this weekend, Ocon did really well. <laughs> Some seen... amazing overtakes from him this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> like, we were, it's like we were watching, and he did two double overtakes. Yeah. Spa. Yeah. Pretty insane, actually. Yeah. <laughs> so, into, into the final chicane, and then uh, it was uh, at the end of the back straight, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, uh, Insanely overtakes and yeah. he oozed confidence, I think. So, uh, well done, Ocon. I have to say, like, he can't become driver of the day, he didn't become driver of the day, but he might as well have been all yeah. the characters. Yeah. Um, oh, well, anyway, let's talk about this shortly because we did have some other news though. On Friday, they started with, hey, it's time for a new Formula One. So, the summer break is over. Here's some news we have a new engine supplier coming in the Formula One, James. Amazing. I think this is like some of the best news Formula One's had in a little while, I think. Um, I was a little bit worried for a, like a couple of years, really, about engine supplies and stuff, especially with how, if you look at Honda during its McLaren days. Uh, and then, well, no, not finding any things. I mean, it, it, it looked like Formula One was going to hit a point where they're actually going to struggle to attract new manufacturers into the sport but then whatever the i, I don't know the ins and outs of these rule uh engine changes uh engine rule changes that they're bringing in in 2026 but we've got audi joining and porsche probably all, i think we I can think probably safely announce that porsche is all but confirmed aren't they i mean i don't know yeah. if they're coming in as a brand new engine they're potentially going to buy the um Red Bull, Bull powertrain. powertrain thing, which is basically Honda. So <laughs> how it's a bit complicated. Yeah, yeah, how I've never seen anything like this in any kind of motorsport where uh, maybe it has happened before. I don't know, and I'm just not aware of it. But effectively, an IP from and one manufacturer becoming the IP of another manufacturer, especially when it's through a third party like Red Bull, that's. Uh, although it's a completely new engine in 2016. Uh, yeah, so to be they fair, have to start is. developing now. They can yeah. just but they, use they, what Red Bull made, the, fa the factory. But and yeah, they can, they, can, to... they can piggyback off Red Bull's yeah. knowledge, which is effectively Honda's knowledge. So, yeah. so that's really, really good. Um, I don't they think did it with an excellent presentation of a cool-looking car, that, which I, says I, it, we're actually going to have a team as well. Well, the team, I don't think, is going to be a new team, is it? They're just going to buy into a team much like Mercedes did when they bought Braun. Yeah. And it looks all but a done deal that it's going to be Sauber. Well, I think there was there were 99% of all Formula 1 fans and everyone working in the paddock were happy about this and found it completely cool news that all the joints. It was just one party that I think... An hour after the announcement, announced something themselves and sort of 
peed over this announcement from Audi, so being a bit sour. And that was Alfa Romeo saying, hey, by the way, after 23, we're going to step away from Formula 1. Yeah. So I think, although it's not officially confirmed yet, the rumors are that 75% well, of yeah. Sauber is going to be yeah, but Alfa the, Romeo. But. Some of the almost suggestive tweets on, on Twitter from Audi, it, it's, um, it does seem like Sauber's the way they're going to go. But... Depends. It, it depends what exactly what the plan is and how quickly they want to move because they're definitely not going to have an engine until 2026 with the new rules. But Sauber are going to be uh, free of Alfa Romeo from. It's 2023 is the final year, isn't it? Yeah, so, so from 24, 24 is going to be a Sauber dash something. So 24, 25, Sauber are no longer Alfa Romeo, potentially being. So like in the process of being having shares or whatever bought by Audi, but who's their engine supplier during that time? Is it going to remain Ferrari? So you're going to have like a Ferrari powered um, Sauber car. <laughs> with a small stake owned by Audi. I don't know. It's uh, not much different than Haas, maybe, right? Yeah, true. Yeah, it's still Haas Ferrari. So I think. Uh, that could be. I think if you're at Sauber, you have potential to become a oh, pretty cool uh, factory team, of course, with Audi jumping on. Yeah. Uh, but there's a potential that uh, if you're driving for them in 24 and 25, you might not have the best years of your life. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, and you might not have a guaranteed seat for 26 if Audi want to, you know, they want to take the lead on who their drivers are going to be. Yeah, and they're very much already. Um, we they the the first message they put out there is the first time in a decade we're going to build Formula One engines actually in Germany. <laughs> like, hello, Mercedes. Yeah, you just throwing some shit <laughs> like that. Yeah, your factories in in England, right? Yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> so they already know how to stir the pot, so to speak. Yeah, uh, it was a pretty neat move. But um, I think the car presentation itself was pretty cool. Of course, we don't know anything about the car. Uh, in 26 yet, or not mm-hmm. anything crucial yet. But uh, like the way they presented it, honestly, I do think that they have to learn to be in the spotlight a bit more because some of these press conferences, with, I have to admit I forgot the name of the audio, audio director, but some of these press conferences were a little bit awkward still. But then, then again, he probably has four years to practice for that. Yeah, yeah. And they stated that they are now starting to build everything. The facility is already being built. Um, but we shouldn't expect big things when they just start out in 26 because they have to hire and learn all the way through there. So yeah, I think uh, they their aim was to be competitive at the end of 29. So it's still a long way to go. But nevertheless, cool option. I think if you Porsche, you love this. If you step onto Red Bull, you might be have a competitive car way faster. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, but it's good. It's good for the sport. Um, there you see that the and uh, not only the technical directives work or the technical setup for the season works, but I think also the budget cap definitely allows parties like Audi and Porsche to jump. Yeah, that's, that's definitely played a part, hasn't it, in attracting these these manufacturers in because they're, they're not going to feel like they're... Burning money. <laughs> yeah, and that they're so far behind 
other teams because yeah okay so the other teams have got knowledge at the moment but you can potentially one well, not not strictly steal it because you know if you but you, you can perch engineers and stuff can't you and they i mean they can't help but bring some knowledge with them even if there's like um non-disclosure agreements and stuff like that or they get put on gardening leave which is a very common thing in formula one as the people at austin yeah came from yeah, well, it's the same for some of the uh, Mercedes. Red Bull engineers came from Mercedes now. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's one thing that's going to be interesting, actually, is that there's, it really it feels like there's only so many engineers and so much staff to go around in Formula 1, and now you've got an entire new manufacturer that's going to be wanting to purchase some of those. Um, and how appealing is it going to be for for people to go to a manufacturer like Audi and hope that they get on that kind of um, I'm trying to think of the right word for it, that kind of like dream story sort of setup where you, you join a new manufacturer and you just they, just, they just come in and, you know, they just maybe not cakewalk it, but you know what I mean? They come in and do really well and like massively surpass expectation and, if there's one year of doing it, I think it's 26, right? So, yeah. Uh, although I don't think they'll, they'll fly right away. But it's just, I think the new era of Formula One is the era where you can step in, take your time and be good at what you do, do the right things right, and then you'll be able to compete. Yeah. Um, and I think that shows now in a couple of teams, like you see Haas now performing way better than they did before, right? Um Actually, Alpha, Alpha, talking about Alpha, so they're doing all right now. So yeah, they've they've it kind of tailed off, actually. didn't they? Yeah, Williams, Williams, uh, wow, they're, they're, they've got racing pedigree, haven't they? Like you, it to me, it seems wrong seeing Williams still associated with being a team at the back. Yeah, if you think about the nineties, <laughs> like. Even the early 2000s, they just shouldn't be where they are, but they are. So, yeah. oh, I think that definitely shows that if you don't have a, your own engine behind you, you won't be able to be competitive. You know? Yeah, I certainly don't. Red Bull showed that when the years where they were, yeah, with yeah. the Renault years. Um, and I think all the other teams now show it. Alpine is now number four. They've got their own supplier, their own, own engines. And you see them, McLaren. Falling a bit back, Austin not taking that leap, Alfa Romeo not able to take that Haas, and piggy banging of Ferrari. I, 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 it's. I think it's for sure now that if you don't have your like a factory team, then it's you're doing. You, you can do all right, but I honestly don't think you'll ever be able to. I don't do think all right. Can, yeah, I don't think you could ever be like a constructors champion. Of course, what days are over, right? Yeah. But, yeah, you you need. I think you need factory backing to be yeah. a, like a top team and to fight for the constructors' championship, definitely. And that's something Red Bull now gets, yeah, or has currently yeah. worth a bit. So, uh, and you see this year that makes a whole lot of a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I think positive news: Audi in, unfortunately, Daniel out, and we'll doubt we'll be seeing him again. Are you ready to talk the race? Or spa this weekend though. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> I got right. my I got my Belgian beer. <laughs> I said I was going to have. <laughs> I have my uh, I've got my Belgian spa water actually. 
make it a little bit um, into this team. Um, but yeah, cool. free practice one fell short. Um, started with a, we had uh, a crash, but I forgot who it was, honestly. Um, we had a rain after that, so that felt a bit flat. Uh, yeah. Free practice two, the Red Bulls were flying, honestly flying, which was like weird because this was the weekend where the floor directors who we spoke about last week, all the changes are now made like. Um, but the Bulls were the ones that looked the best, wondrous enough. Just all weekend, really. Red Bull have just been on another level this weekend. I mean, hats off to them, really. Like, I, I don't... Yeah, Ferrari, to be fair, actually, Ferrari didn't really bring any upgrades, did they? They brought a rear wing and like the, floor, the strut or something <laughs> for the rear wing was, uh, I yeah. think it was those two parts, wasn't it? Were different or upgrades for um, Red Bull. They brought, had to change the floor, of course, a lot. Yeah. Well, they've had, they've had to change it for the rules, but they didn't fetch like a brand new floor. It wasn't like no, a new true. part. Because obviously these things have to be declared now and that all gets released as like a press release, doesn't it, on a Friday? Like yeah. the, uh, it was a big one this weekend. <laughs> no, it wasn't for Ferrari. Red Bull brought some parts, didn't they? I yeah. can't remember what they brought. They brought some parts related to the floor, though. Uh, Mercedes were one of the teams to bring like more parts than most of the others. I think might have been Alpha Tauri had quite a lot. I'm trying to remember. There was another team that had as many new parts, if not more, than was Mercedes. It Could have been Williams, yeah. But um, but Bull, whatever they've yeah, done, was flying. Whatever they've um, done, yeah. Does didn't matter if it if it was a little bit wet or sunny. The only thing was it was really cool. So the temperature weren't up there. Yeah, we had a steadily seventeen degrees Celsius, I think, over the s s Friday and Saturday mostly. Yeah, we ended on fifteen degrees on qualifying, and there was one car which uh, or one <laughs> one team. That were supposed to be causing mayhem. Uh, havoc. They, havoc was the uh, word. Havoc. <laughs> they were bringing havoc this weekend, but they didn't actually uh, bring anything. What's up with Mercedes? Uh? I did say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said something last week, and I've definitely said to you, like, I'd, I don't take stock in any of this, like, just crap that they put out. I mean, why? I, I, Just you, explain me why. Why? I because mean, nine times out of ten, they don't back it up. They they come in swinging with words, but then when they actually get the car on the track, it very rarely pans out. And I mean, look at look at the, look at um, it's Barcelona, wasn't it? Where they where they 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 did really well considering, or compared yeah. to previous races, and. All we heard from Mercedes was, oh, we've got this car tamed or whatever. We've got it under control now. We think we figured out what the problems are. And then the, the very next race, they were just nowhere again saying, oh, yeah, we don't know where we are with it. We don't know what car we're getting every, like, every race. We, like, the car seems to be different. And um, so when they start saying stuff like that on a Thursday and a Friday morning before any kind of practice, I just I don't, I don't take any. Why of it in. would you say it, James? This is this is the part I don't get. So I don't get it either. You've been 
people been Mercedes is a team that's been complaining about the flex floor and you name it. They've all been setting this to present to change the rules, right? Right. Safety, dampening, hiding the cars, the whole point, whole shebang. Lewis comes in on a Thursday. We could talk about shortly on, on what he was actually wearing, by the way. Let's not cover that. I don't, I don't want to start getting into the whole fashion thing that no. some people do. <laughs> uh, but, but anyways, uh, I, I wouldn't be able to wear it, honestly. So kudos to him. Mm. Uh, but first thing he says, I'm bringing... <laughs> We're about to bring Havoc in, in, the, in the new season. Yeah. In the, the after the, the summer break. Half, yeah. Russell says, oh, uh, we're pretty sure the new changes will definitely help us. I can't wait to fight <laughs> the top. Um, with the penalties being taken, we might actually get a win in. I don't know why they, well, I don't know why they say it, but then, you know, they were purposefully playing it the other way last year and just constantly getting stick for it when they were like, oh, we don't think we're going to be able to fight uh, at this race or at that race, or we think we've got problems with the car and stuff like that. And then, why, why Why won't you just say, okay, we know the changes, they look in our advantage, but we have no clue yet before. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, Nobody would mind if you just say it like this, right? I don't but know. But now you're chasing away half the people. If you don't do well, they was like, ha-ha. There you go. And they if just, you do well, there's half people that are going to get stick to the other guys. And they're just so, setting themselves up for a fall. And yeah. more often than not, they do fall because <laughs> they say stuff that they don't end up being able to back up. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't know how much of this is about, like, maybe team morale going into a weekend or, you know, trying to keep the manufacturer and like board members pleased or stuff like that, whether, you know, because you, you, they can't be entirely negative, I guess, but rather than being like that sure of themselves and that positive when they don't know that they're going to be able to back it up, just don't really say anything and just play it coy. Like just wait you until can say you We don't track. know yet. We haven't driven a single Miles. Exactly. So we don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The it, thing is, though, um, we had six six drivers taking penalties, including Max and Leclerc. Yep. Uh, we went into qualifying, and yes, I know I'm a Max stopper fan, but Max showed uh, boss mode on on qualifying, right? Uh, he did. Q one, Q two, with the same tires. Yeah, and then one lap, one lap for Q three. Yeah. Um, does that count as pull? I can't remember how it works. Yeah, it does count as pull. Yeah. It does count as pull. Yeah, because it's bef- yeah, because it's the time set before the penalties, isn't it? But it um, was one point eight seconds faster than Lewis on a single lap. Yeah. Whereas even Lewis was like what one point eight seconds. Yeah, yeah, it was one point eight seconds. Yeah, and he like. Mox drove, went out, set that time, came back in the garage, stepped out. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'm done today. Good I mean, guys. he didn't He didn't need to go out and set another lap, did he? Because like, really all he was focusing on was qualifying ahead of the other people Leclerc. who were taking penalties, yeah. including Leclerc. Yeah. He was only watching Leclerc, honestly, right? Yeah. Um, and it was pretty clear that even if Sainz or Perez could have got anywhere close to his time, it didn't seem likely that Leclerc was going to. That gap was pretty substantial, I think. Yeah, Mark had a 43-6 in Q3. 
saints that are 44-2. Yeah. And as per as 44-4. So that's six and eight-tenths different yeah. from the rest. That's insane. Uh, just an unbelievable. What happened to the car? They didn't bring the upgrades, James. Who? Red Bull? Like Red Bull. And they did bring some roots. They did bring some upgrades. Yeah, but it's but... like... It's, well, they haven't brought this new chassis that keeps being mentioned, apparently. And that's going to be in Singapore. I hope this was a new chassis already, because else, what's it going to do? Drive 2.8 well, seconds faster the rest? I'd, I'd be questioning why you bother changing the chassis based on this weekend. <laughs> I mean, even looking at what Perez did in the race, like Perez was nowhere near Max Verstappen's pace, obviously, but he was still clearly the second fastest car on the, on the track today. Um. Although how much of that is down to the track as well? I mean, potentially the, maybe this directive has affected Ferrari, I think. A little bit harder than the rest, maybe. Yeah, I, I, I think there were concerns. I don't know if it's just among fans and among pundits, but even potentially Ferrari. The, I think there was a concern that it was going to affect them more than it was going to affect Red Bull. Maybe maybe this weekend proves it, but really it's a, it's a sample size of one, so it doesn't really prove anything to me. And it's a track that usually does well for the high speed. Like Red Bull says, all right, this would be one of those tracks. It's Max's favorite track, right? Yeah. Um, he did a uh, 24 hours endurance race, I think, on a sim mm-hmm. a week or two ago, where he started off 50 in the 50th place and ended up in, I think, nine or seven. I think nine. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he knows this track blindfolded, I think. Yeah. And that's that shit really shows. But there was a gap on qualifying, which I haven't seen for a while. Yeah, we haven't seen that since, you know, pretty strong Mercedes domination, I think. That's insane. And I, I, the thing is, I didn't, like, I don't think anyone expected it, which is the biggest difference. Like Leclerc out of 44.5 as well, so he's a bit off. Science, yeah. right? Like yeah, yeah. I, don't, but, I don't know what was happening with Leclerc this weekend. If, if, I mean, even before we get into the actual race, like he <laughs> didn't, I don't know if it's the pressure getting to him or maybe it is the change to the car that's, you know, maybe he's struggling with it a bit more than science. Um, I, I was pretty sure that Leclerc was going to come back from the summer break. Um, you predicted him winning. I predicted him winning. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that didn't pan out, did it? Um, I I honestly thought, well, this was part of me predicting him winning. Was yeah. I thought he was going to come back from the summer break refreshed and extremely motivated, um, just because of how the end of the first half of the season kind of went for him. And I remember you saying. Maybe they spoke about Ferrari and they don't do silly things. And you say, oh, what am I kidding? They will probably do silly things. Oh, yeah. And then Saturday, only qualifying in Q3. Um, so he knew he would start at the back, right? Or far way back. Yeah. And he, he knew Max was faster. So actually had no reason to. He had to put in a, a time, but there was he was pretty clear. He just stands one point behind Max. And they fitted him with fresh softs. Brand new soft tires to well, to for go. the second tier, or for, so for the second it, lap. No, it was for his first lap, wasn't it? It was when he was he was supposed to go out and give a tour to science. At least that's yeah. what it seemed yeah, like. Yeah, you're correct. Yeah, um, and it tossed 
And then they were like, oh, yeah, okay, set your lap, basically, because you've got the brand new tires on, you should just set your lap now. And the only reason he went out to do the second lap was to give science the tour, which didn't end up working. I didn't yeah, look at the sector times for that, actually. I don't know if... Well, science was faster, so it's high top speed. Yeah, right. the high top speed of the whole day. But his, the... his second lap was significantly slower than his first lap. And I don't because know if he messed lost... up in, Q, in uh, sector two. Oh, uh, yeah, he did. Make, he, was there a lockup or something, wasn't there? Yeah, yeah. so uh, the first sector actually Wait, the tour, yeah, I think, was it helped a, a lot. Yeah, I remember uh, now. There so was... he did well there, but it was, it was pretty instant. I, I should just get a, like, get the Ferrari um, radio on. It's it's hilarious at times. And I thought maybe after the summer break, it's done now, right? They they made some agreements. But actually, Leclerc drove out of the pits like, hey, guys, what's actually up with these fresh tires? And they said something like, um, that's a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> plainly just, oops, that's a mistake. Yeah. But the thing is, I've been, I've been asking around, like, how does this get called, right? Who decides which set of tires goes on the car? But it's actually the race engineer from Leclerc that's actually just say, okay, I want number 17 on the car, and like uh, set number 17 on the car, for example. Right. So his race engineer clearly made this error. So he, he called the tires. Maybe in his notes he thought that that was a scrubbed set rather than a brand-new set, and he's just screwed up that way. But he, but the call We've was never seen that kind of... I've never, it's not I, like the, the radio does or the, the pit wall does it. No, it's the race engineer that actually yeah. puts, uh, calls those tires out. So never seen that kind of mistake before either. I can think of anyway. I think Albon had one this year during training or qualifying where they put the wrong set tires on. Right. But they wrote it down correctly, but they put it on a different set, something like that. Okay. It was already used. So it was already right up, but he got a warning and a, f a little fine for it. I think something like that. Right. Um, but this was a weird, this was a weird one, yeah. But it was like where it was just, we were watching qualifying. We're like, okay, well, never mind what we said about Ferrari this year. It's such bad timing as well because you know the pressure's on. They need to be like performing to perfection, and then they make a mistake like that, yeah. which. I don't know how much that really cost Leclerc in the end, to be ah, honest. Not too much, but at least you don't have the option anymore. No. At the, I mean, at the most, it cost him one position, didn't it? But even then, I don't think it cost him a position because that's, no. that's assuming that on those brand new tyres on his second flying lap, which, yeah, the track might have been rubbered in a tiny bit more. I don't know how much difference no. that really makes during a single, especially Q3, where there's ah. fewer cars out putting rubber down. It might, like, I don't think he was ever going to qualify above Verstappen, is what I'm kind of getting at here. No, nobody. So, I think th this weekend nobody touched Mark. So right? it, was, it was a silly mistake, but ultimately I don't think it really cost him anything. Well, um, we don't, we're not done yet, though. No, because there was something else that really did cost him. <laughs> yeah, so jump into race day. Um, I, made some, I made some notes, though, right? Okay, so, good. So uh, Mark stopped, started 14th. Actually, started 15th, but uh, Gosley... Yes. Uh, Yuki and Gosley actually both had to start from the pit lane, both electrical troubles, I think. Yes. Um, so that was also interesting. So that cleared the way a little bit for Mox and Charles. Yeah, he started um, from his normal grid slot, didn't he? But he... Yeah, but the cars are from... He's, a, yeah. he's effectively a position or two. Up yeah, so ahead. he started yeah. officially. Now, like uh, Yuki stepped out earlier, so yes. that's why he stepped yeah. up. 
But then when, Gas, when Gasly went, moved into the pits... Uh, just left an empty space. It just left an empty grid slot, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, you can Gasly out. Max, after lap one, which was a really interesting one, um, <laughs> Max is already in P8. Amazing opening lap. And least, very... Um, I want to say reserved, but not reserved because he, he moved up yeah. to P8. But he was... he Very was, smart. Very patient. Yeah, he was... Playing the long game, um, except once this this season. Really, I think I, th- I think winning the championship last year has just like unlocked Godmud Max Verstappen <laughs> effectively because he hasn't really got anything to prove now. He's gone out. He's won a championship, a tight tight fought championship against like one of the greatest drivers of all time at this point. Um. I don't know how anyone could really dispute that when you look at like Hamilton's number of wins and podiums and his ratio no. of races to podiums and stuff like that. And Max going out and beating him that last year. Winning 10 races. Um, I, th- I It just feels like this season is a different Max Verstappen. He's very chilled as well. So he... Uh, yeah, position. well, I, th- I think the fact Max, do you that... think you can make it to the podium? I, I would be very disappointed if I don't make the podium. I, th- I, think, the fact the that, like I think the fact that this this season is not... I mean, it's pretty obvious that Max isn't into all of the dramas. He doesn't like the Netflix <laughs> stuff. Like, he just wants to... Try. <laughs> turn up to a race weekend and drive the car. He's not interested in any of the other stuff, really. And I think all the drama that surrounded last year with the, you know, the run-ins with, between him and Lewis, um, the constant bickering between Christian Horner and Toto Wolf. Um, I think having none of that really this year uh, is also actually playing massively into Max's hands because I think this is exactly how he likes to race it's like no drama it's just focus on the racing and yeah he does seem to be quite disappointed at times and genuinely seems to you know offer a bit of support to Leclerc when he you see you see him after the races sometimes and he's going over to Leclerc and asking you know like what happened and Leclerc's often having to say my strategist didn't have a strategy (laughs) Um, and he's like, (laughs) yeah. Um, and Max genuinely seems frustrated for Leclerc in that. I think because Max really would prefer to have a bit of a fight, which he's not really getting at the moment, but yeah. If the base is like this today, yeah. If this is the setup for the rest of the season, doesn't matter how good the strategy is at Ferrari. It's over. I mean, Max only has to finish third every race. I say only. 93 point lead now. Yeah, he only has to finish third for the remaining races to win the championship. And there's no way he's going to average finishing third when he is the top driver in what seems to now be the top team because I, I think Red Bull have uh, won the development war against Ferrari. Um, also strategy, always on par. Yep. Uh, yep. No silly calls. Yep. There's no panic mode there. It's a race. My shift starts well. slow. The, yeah, but this, he said, for example, I have a trouble with shifts. I think it's slow. It reacts slow. Yeah. They came back. 
Marks, it will be back within two laps. Just relax. Okay, yeah. check. That's it. Yeah. No panic mode. Okay. And I think that shows how much confidence and how well oiled machine it is. Also, the pit stop is 2.2, yeah, 2.3, 2.4, 2.4. Yeah, that, that second stop of Max Verstappen's was insane as well. That's like, that's borderline the sort of times they were saying last year before they introduced these rules to slow them down. And when you think about it as well, like everything about a pit, shop, a pit stop should, in theory, be a little bit slower this year because of like the big heavier, heavier tires, heavier and, tires and wheels. Um. And then they still set a 2.2 second pit stop <laughs> when they have absolutely no reason to be going that fast. Like you take your time. I mean, I don't know if you remember, um, it must've been a, two or three years ago. Now Mercedes were like consistently like half a second slower than everyone else with their pit stops because yeah. they were, they didn't need to be fast. They weren't racing anyone in the pit stops. So it was like, take our time. Make sure all the wheel nuts safe, are on. There's no wheels that. coming off or anything down there. You know, everything's safe. Everything's fine. We don't need, we're not in a race with anybody via the pit stops. Um, Red Bull really could have and maybe should have done that. But in, I mean, I say should have, it doesn't matter because they did a 2.2 second pit stop and they had no problems with it. But they're just, like you said, well-oiled machine is. Yeah, from communication to teamwork. Perez moving over and, and like uh, Perez took his time a little bit. <laughs> ah, the first one. He should have, he should have moved was... over a lap sooner. I think he he was. I mean, Max kind Max of had no chance to actually try it again in the next um, one. Yeah, Max sat behind him for a lap ah. and then got on the radio and was like, "This is costing us a lot of time." Um, and then there was a pretty well orchestrated so let off the throttle a little bit the down the street. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, lap number three, James, we've got to rush through this now. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, yeah. No problem. Lap number three, we got a safety car because of two incidents in the same lap. But it started out with Fernando and Lewis. Yeah. And, Fernand and Lewis making one of the few mistakes I've seen. Yeah, that was a stupid error by Lewis, really. I mean, he don't just assume that the driver on the inside is not there anymore. He said that Alonso was in his blind spot. So he, ah, just... but he knew it was there. He, t he went to the outside. So, you know, the car is there. Yeah, exactly. I've seen you, the interview, but if, if you pass on the outside, you've got to assume that the car on the inside is still going to be, especially when you're that close together going into the braking zone, you've got to it's assume. It's also Fernando. Yeah. So you've, got, no... you've got to assume that the driver on the inside is going to let it break and yeah. just try to steam up the inside of you and probably try and push you wide for the exit and into the apex of the second corner, which is probably what Fernando was going to try and do anyway. Um, Didn't have to, because there was no more well, space for another Fernando. No, Lewis just cutting across like that. He did not leave any space for a driver on the inside. Um, and what happens when you don't leave space? Lewis found out you actually go into space. Yeah, <laughs> that was quite a launch, yeah. <laughs> oh. He said in an interview afterwards, I almost broke my back during that incident. Did he? I didn't see that interview. Uh, uh, I mean, I can imagine. I mean, you saw that how much they were suffering from the the porpoising and how much it's uh, like hitting on the floor and an impact like that. He was, he was like, he was over 10 foot in the air, wasn't he? Yeah, uh, it was insane. Yeah. It looks cool on pictures, but I wouldn't want to be him though. Nah, I'm glad he walked away from it. 
because that I mean, yeah, joking aside, that could have been pretty bad for his back. Yeah. Um, to the point where actually it, it flagged a sensor, didn't it? And he was supposed. Yeah, the IG. Uh, yeah, he should have gone. Himself. He should have gone to the medical center, and he refused and got Said some he sort of warning. Way back. <laughs> yeah. And then in the same lab, though, after the incident, because it didn't actually cause the safety car just yet, uh, we had Latifi spinning out, I think, next to Ocon. And yeah. Bottas say, wanted to avoid that uh, incident. But everyone oh. drove off, except Bottas. Because he himself. so unlucky for Valtteri, yeah. He did everything that- he could to avoid it, and he still just, that slight tap on his back wheel sent him out of control into the gravel and then just beached it. And On his birthday. Yeah. There's just no way he was going to save that. Uh, sounds good going to a beach on your birthday, but I don't think this was no. his intended beach. No, <laughs> definitely not. Safety car. Safety car in. Um, yeah. Also, someone else went in, in during the safety car. <sighs> it was Charles Leclerc behind Max Verstappen. On mediums. I, and everyone like, on softs, like... And why is he spitting? But we now found out what happened. Yeah, I messaged happened. you, didn't I? And I said, well, that's Leclerc's race over because he he got on the radio and said something about his front tyres, like smoke from his front tyre, which we now know was probably his brakes overheating because his brake duct was blocked. We'll cover that in a sec. But he, it, just the timing of it, it's like everything that can go wrong for Leclerc is going wrong or has gone wrong. Like that happened after the pack. I mean, the pack wasn't exactly spread out anywhere, but the pack was like fully bunched up at this point. And then he has to pit and it sends him right to the back of the pack, which I mean, he maybe would have been anyway, thinking about it because like I said, the pack wasn't really that spread out, but it was a lap into the safety car. He pits, comes out dead last, or maybe it was second to last because somebody else pitted, didn't they? Uh, That if probably. Yeah. Because um, he spun off. But yeah, it happened because of a tear off. A tear off. And went into his brake duct. Yeah. And we now found out whose tear off that actually was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Max's tear off, which he tear off his helmet uh, to get a little bit more sight. Um, and we saw it on the replay that actually just flew straight into Leclerc's brake. Yeah. Max said. Felt him... a little bit like Mario Kart with yeah. the bananas. I know. Max said in one of the interviews that he'd picked up a bit of dust or something in the first couple of laps and ripped a tear off off to, you know, clear, help him with his vision, obviously, uh, and really hoped that it wasn't his tear off that went into Leclerc's brake duct. And Talk about unlucky. Turns out it was. <laughs> yeah. But there used to be a rule that you can't tear off your tear off. You can't tear it off unless you're in the pit lane, right? Or that you have to keep it in the car. But that rule's gone, I guess. I don't remember that rule. I don't think they've been doing that. I don't think they've been doing that for a long time. Yeah, they'd be because for quite quite often, um, you sort of wonder like when they're just tossing it out of the cockpit the way that they do. Like, what if that goes into like one of the intakes of the car? Um, and it seems that they have to like quite purposefully point it out in a direction so that it would just drift down the side pods and or across like, the top of the side pods and yeah into your opponent's brake duct. Apparently, <laughs> it was less like a less like a banana and more like using a red shell backwards. <laughs> it was like an off. It was an official peel. Off. 
Oh, yeah. There you go. You go on. Oh, I felt. I, I feel. I, I do feel a little bit for Charles, and he's not even done yet because his race didn't get much better from there on. No. Um, Max fought his way all the way back um, from in lap eight after the sixth car went in. Max was already in P three. Yeah, <laughs> just. I mean, he, he. It's pretty much a given going through the pack in some respects because all That's the other so drivers fast. like looking at how fast he's been all weekend. If you're like Ocon or Alonso, with uh, Alonso and uh, I think Vettel, they, they were like, okay, I'll move aside. Just yeah, I mean, if you're if you're no point. if you're yeah Vettel as well, yeah, like any of those tried for second, but it was like his car stood still. If you're basically anyone other than a Mercedes just out of spite and a Ferrari because you're actually fighting just them. Out of spite. Like you just don't fight them. Like what is the point against the Red Bull? So, uh, especially because he was on the soft tires and all those other cars were on medium tires. So it's like, well, he's got the faster tire. He's got the faster car. What well, I'm like, I'm not racing him. Therefore yes. there's no point losing any time trying to defend against him. Um, and actually even Russell didn't really, Really, oh, he didn't to move, stop but him. it's like when it, yeah, when it's the, like a the half, was on, it was done. Yeah, it's like a half-hearted. Like I'm going to cover the inside line, and Max is like, "Well, I don't need the inside line because I'm going to be three car lengths in front of you." And by the time we get to the braking zone, so it doesn't matter <laughs> where I am on track. <laughs> the only it person was, who seemed to fight him overtaking him was Perez. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> once, once. Yeah, once. Yeah, because in lap twelve there was one second. Saint was leading. One second behind him was uh, Perez between one second and one point five. Uh and Mox was already a second behind Paris then. Yeah. Then they pulled in Saints. They left. Mox surpassed Perez. And honestly, came over. Mox drove away. Of course it's space we can go all through it. But he ended up winning the race with two fingers in his nose, I think, and then seventeen yeah. second leave to his teammate. And like both <laughs> of his stints, he just seemed to massively prolong his stints compared to all the other drivers. I mean he Five he, laps more on soft than everyone else. Yeah. He he pitted after um, the rest went for a medium. bunch of the medium cars, and he was on soft driving at that pace. Like, ah. just unreal. That, the, the, yeah. yeah. An unbelievable drive and clearly a great car to match. Um, yeah. yeah, this was an... Uh... Uh, a really impressive man. And actually, like we expected, like uh, Leclerc and, uh, and Mox going into it, uh, all the way cutting, the lo- cutting back and fighting till the end. But by lap 12, this race honestly was over, right? Got a little bit exciting at the end. Maybe yeah. also could take on Sainz. But yeah. honestly, Sainz was just saving probably by the looks of it. Everything that was supposed to be, ex- be exciting about this race kind of panned out in the first 10 laps. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, there was also great action. Like I think Ocon, oh, was, yeah. Ocon was one of the big, uh, the big takes this this one. And I have to uh, I have to give big applause to Albon, right? Getting a speed ten in, starting at P six, of course, with all the penalties. Yeah. And that Williams is a rocket ship on the straight, even with TRS and yeah. everything enabled. No one get nobody past could him. surpass yeah. him on the straight. So yeah. it was he was just stalling time until he going straight, and the whole train behind him couldn't catch up before the end. Yeah. <laughs> no, Fernando had a really good drive as well, to be fair. 
Yeah, but he started well as well. Of course, he started fourth. He ended up being fifth. Yeah. Right. Uh, for and 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 Ocon ended up being seventh. So I think Alpine did really well. Like Ocon, Fernando, um, more people though, because Vettel ended up in, in P8. I have to applaud Gasly as well. I keep forgetting him, but he started in the pit lane and ended up being nine. Yes, great drive from him. So there's a lot of people. I think Max still stole everyone's thunder today. But there's a lot of people that actually had some good races. Yeah. Um, except Daniel. We didn't see any of the houses. I didn't even know they were still driving in the end. That's a really good point, actually. It's yeah, they were really they slow. Were... Like, pl- their only cars on plus one lap were, the, were both of the houses. Yeah. And that sucks a little bit from. And of course, uh, I say only, but Latifi as well. But of course, he spun out to pit stop extra. So it makes yeah. sense he didn't cover. But Latifi did enable Albon to get the points. In all fairness, yeah, we can't. We we talked about this during the race. It looked like uh, who was it that Albon had behind him coming out of the pits? Was it Stroll? I think it was Stroll, yeah. And it looked like Albon kind of just hesitated a bit on the throttle coming out of that. It's quite a tight right turn coming out of the pits onto the um, to the bottom of Eau Rouge, and just looked like he kind of hesitated a little bit. Which, if he did do what. I think he did. That was just like the most masterful of players I've ever seen in Formula One, potentially. <laughs> because <laughs> he slowed Stroll down just enough for Latifi to then like slip in between them uh, and block Stroll from passing him down the back straight. And Latifi holding up some extra so he could actually just drive away with that speedy car. Yeah. Oh, uh, now kudos to uh, Latifi, although it was, of course, bad race. Because of the spin, honestly, that spin he cost himself, I think, as well. So it was, yeah, was oh, well, yeah, he lost control of the car, didn't he? Yeah, and he was happy that not everyone took away because Max was just behind him, Ocon was behind him, and the only one that actually sort of took out was Bottas, but he didn't. That he did that himself as well, so by trying to avoid it. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think I, th- I think Bottas would have remained in the race if it wasn't. For Latifi just clipping his back wheel yeah, as he I did, because yeah. um, he went, he kind of half went off track to avoid it. But he would have been able to, like, even if he'd gone into the gravel, he could have just carried on momentum. But it was that tap that kind of sent him into a a half spin, which meant that he was like pretty much guaranteed to come to a stop. And if you come to a stop in that and deep stop. gravel, then you just it's game over. Yeah. And we thought that the race would end in a snooze, like Max driving away, Perez keeping a 10-second leap over over signs. It ended, of course, with Max having a 17-second lead over Perez, Perez having a 9.8-second lead over signs, and Russell just behind it. A couple of seconds behind, yeah. Yeah, I think two and a half seconds. But behind there was, of course, Charles Leclerc being in fifth and Throughout the race, they were like, okay, we're just going to get fifth. That's the target. It's maximizing now. Let's do it, right? And I said to you, if actually Russell overtakes science, they should surely just swap the Ferraris, right? You say they're not going to do it. Well, they didn't get a chance to do it because no. in lap 43, something happened, James. And I have to do this without trying to laugh, but it's also sad. It's funny. It's, all, it's everything. It's, it's like a dark comedy. They said... Um, we're gonna go. We're gonna get you in, <laughs> Leclerc. We're gonna get you in, Charles, to go for the fastest lap, which was then set by Max, right? Yeah. 
He said, I really don't want to risk it on the radio. You don't want to risk it, guys. I don't want to risk it. And the moment he came at the bus stop, she came. He said, you know what? Box, box, box. And he came in. He came in, went for soft, went out. Of course, used soft because, hey, he used all soft yesterday. Um, came out. But what happened there? They forgot <laughs> Alonso was behind him. Yeah. <laughs> and Alonso surpassed Leclerc on the straight all the way up. Yeah. Um, so not only did he have to go for the fastest lap, but he also has to make up one more position yeah. while trying to do that in the last lap. Here comes the second part of it. He did overtake Alonso in the last lap, right? So that's very good of him. He was nine tenths short of the fastest lap. So Max still has the fastest lap. But while making the pit stop change, he also speed sped in the pit lane. Yeah. And he got a five-second penalty for that. Hands off giving the fifth place to Alonso back. Yeah. And he found out in an interview after the race with the, with that deal, I, I think. I, like they said, hey, did you get a, you're now six, like what, six? And you saw his eyes. He, I, I feel so sorry for him because I think he's, he's an honest to God good guy, right? Yeah. And although he's Max's biggest competitor, this you don't want to like. Why, why was Ferrari <laughs> making that risk when Alonso was in their pit stop window for a start? I, well, he was like you get stuck behind about, him. Like, it was 18 seconds and he had yeah, exactly. a 19.8 second lead. So, right. But if your pit stop is even just half a second slower, you're done. You're done. And if you get stuck behind that car going into what's supposed to be your fastest lap, then your lap's already compromised because it's going to slow you down into the first corner. It's going to slow you down going up a rouge. Yeah, you'll get the benefit of DRS down the main straight, but potentially the damage is already done in those first set of corners. Um, I don't know why they did it. Uh, like we've we've seen this scenario crop up in the past, um, and I think for the most part it was usually with Red Bull, who might have been in third and fourth position behind the Mercedes when you know. Be like 2020 or earlier, like when Red Bull weren't completely fighting for the championship, like getting the occasional win or whatever. And they wouldn't take the risk just for the fastest lap if they didn't have like a huge margin for error. And even if they had a margin for error, they wouldn't necessarily risk it because what if you go in, make that pit stop and you get a sticky nut or... Um, you know, you release the car and the, the wheel's not on properly. And you or, have no, to... you break a sensor and you're speeding in a bit. Yeah, like, it's... Ah, the <laughs> silly thing about this is, last year it made sense. So Lewis and Max and the teammates just went always to get one point off the other team, right? Yeah. That's why they did well, it. And that... then it's sometimes worth the risk. You, you bit Bottas to get the fastest lap just to make sure Max doesn't get an accident. That works, though, because it doesn't matter if, exactly. Bot if Bottas has a problem with his pit stop. It doesn't matter that he doesn't manage to steal that point off Max and maybe he doesn't even finish the race because ultimately Hamilton is still, you know, finished wherever he's exactly. finishing and maximizing his points. And when Lewis is about to win and Max knows it, he went in when he's a safe 
to get him one more point on his game. So yeah, but only if he's got risk. such a margin for error that you know oh. they can make a slow and safe stop. Kind of what we were talking about earlier on, yeah. where you know. Um, but now there's actually no. They want to get one point off Max. In all fairness, as long as he's finishing in front of Max, it doesn't actually matter. It doesn't matter. One point. So why? It's like nothing at this point, really. Like it's just not worth the risk, especially, especially a scenario like today. Even when you ignore the like the the speeding uh, penalty that he got that cost him fifth place, like. It, it could have cost it could have cost him fifth place just through any other error uh, during. What a if stop. what if Alonso just holds his ground? Yeah, what if, they, what if they collide going into? You know, it's similar it's just, to Lewis and Alonso lap one. Like it's just, I, 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 it, you, I just don't see the point in putting your driver Esteban in is that just situation. Him, right? So Esteban finished. One point five, one point six seconds behind Alonso. Yeah. So it's not like, um, and of course, with the penalty, the uh, are like straight in the middle. Mm-hmm. But it's not like they they have the margin. Like if one mistake, and actually you can have yeah, uh, he's potentially uh, finishing uh, seventh well. instead. Yeah. It's so. Just... Yeah, that's I I really don't get it. They said it was a broken sensor, but even then. It doesn't matter. I don't think it's worth risk, especially when your driver says, "Guys, I really don't want to risk it." Yeah. What makes you think he's then able to have the confidence to make? This like, goes back to what we were saying last week that Leclerc really should be holding his ground on some of his thoughts and decisions. Well, talking about that, democracy in the it's Ferrari. They asked. Do you want to have mediums? Do you want to have want to go to the hearts? And do you want to do now five laps more, or do you want to come in already? Oh uh, yeah. Now, also, this is a question. Was, was that that was to Leclerc, wasn't it? Yeah, that was like Leclerc. Do you want to be the strategist as well here? Because we don't know what we what we want to do with you. You, <laughs> de- never, you decide, and then when telling, it goes wrong, it's te- your fault. <laughs> I was texting you. What are they doing? They're writing a book. What's yeah. happening here? <laughs> I. You do, I, I just, you, why are you giving a, your driver that many options and giving them that much to process in the middle of a race? I mean, we know that the drivers can drive a car fast and, you know, they, they can focus on other things as well, like Norris yeah, during qualifying and stuff was like looking at the TVs to see who was behind him and stuff like that. Um, and we know that's that's a fairly common thing for most of the drivers to do. Is like, the, but you can't. No, you drive. No. You drive a car. The driver can't make a strategy decision because he doesn't know all the details that the engineers and the strategists have. For example, how well are the hard tires even performing? Leclerc's probably thinking, "Well, you put me on hard tires at the last race, and that didn't work out, so I don't want hard tires." But actually, the hard tyres were pretty good here. And he might not have known that. Because of that. the temperature, yeah. But he might not have known that. Like, And it, you, you, you can't just say to him, like, we've got mediums or hards, you pick. And, and, he, also, and tell us if you can do five more laps or not. Yeah. We're not going to look at data anymore. You just have this. Well, that I sort of get. If they're, if they're like thinking, can we stretch nah. this out? And you ask the driver, do you think you can stretch this out? Like the driver can probably... Question. 
yeah. I like the fact that they put it in question. Like that's what they so they didn't they didn't fire the engineer. They didn't like do anything else. They didn't talk with the strategist teams. They said whenever you ask a question to a driver, make sure you finish with saying question. Yeah. <laughs> Just so we're clear, this is a question. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, I get it, but it was. Just, it, I, I feel bad. If I got sent a message with a picture with the Ferrari logo, where the, the horse itself is actually running away from the shield. Yeah, yeah. Something outside the logo. I, I get it, right? Because it it is. Um, I, I don't think the car was specifically good this weekend. I did. Science fought like a lion. It just maximized everything. I think you had one hundred percent. Yeah, the car wasn't on on par, but you should get. I think you should definitely get Leclerc in front of Russell this weekend as well. Should always be there. Should be. Yeah. I mean, if if you look at what Max could do from only one position higher on the grid and finish. 20 seconds in front of Perez in first place. 74 seconds in front of Perez, for, uh, in front of Leclerc. Like, 74 seconds. I mean, okay, he had the bad luck, which caused him to have another pit stop. But he, 20 he, he seconds, not 18 seconds. Plus a but he should, like Leclerc should have been finishing fourth or third, really. He he needs to be performing at the same level as Max Verstappen if he wants to try and meet, beat Max Verstappen, and he's not done that this weekend, at least. It was, it was a bit of a poor showing from him. I don't know if this is dad's pressure. If it's dad's also, if, you, are, if or, you could hit by bad luck time after time after time. Well, there is the bad luck as well. And that, yeah, uh, that's, that's going to hit you. I confidence. mean, uh, the sensor is, isn't bad. I think that's also a mistake. You can watch, you can look at it, right? So I think that's a mistake from his, but that's the pressure getting to him, I guess, as well. Uh, but it shows that he has got no confidence, honestly. Um, and also, like in qualifying, Saints outperformed him in qualifying as well. So it's I'm not there. He lost his second place now. So Perez is now second in the championship. Max is first. 93 point lead from Max to Perez. <laughs> yeah. I, I wouldn't say it's over because, hey, it's still Formula One. No, it's over. But it's over, right? It's over. Uh, I mean, the only, way, the only way Max loses this now is if he has. Four DNFs. Yeah, like, and there's no there's no way he's having four DNFs in eight races, even if they have some sort of catastrophic overheating potential problem at hot races. That might be. He still got four. Yeah, just slow down and finish ahead of the Mercs, and you yeah. still win the championship. It's insane. Yeah, um, is Red Bull as well champion done? No? Constructors. Um, 475 for Red Bull Racing, 357 for Ferrari. Yeah, that's, that's 316 for Mercedes. That's done between Red Bull and Ferrari. Uh, I would say that's done between Ferrari and Mercedes as well. Yeah, you don't think Mercedes I think so. catch up? I, th- I, it, I mean, it depends how much of an outlier. Nah, I think you're right. This think. race was, but Mercedes didn't show that they have a the potential to beat Ferrari enough in the next, in these last eight races to kind of overcome that deficit. So I, I think, talk about the next race though, because we can't go on two yeah. hours in the show, we're all way over time, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's good. It's not for this weekend. Yeah. Uh, Mox says in an interview after the race, I think Ferrari is actually favorite for, uh, Sandford, although I'm fine with third place. 
maybe because Ferrari, one of Ferrari's strengths is in the corners, isn't it? And yeah. Sandfall's quite a tight and twisty track, isn't it? If I'm trying to remember it from last year. Yeah, it is, it is very much so. Yeah, so maybe, maybe there is some truth to that. I, I still think Max Verstappen's going to win. Your prediction for this weekend? Uh, Max Leclerc signs. I'll, I'll do something for the Ferrari fans that are listening, though. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Leclerc. Luck got a turn somewhere, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say one, two, four Ferrari. And Max is going to end on the podium. And he wouldn't mind. Although he might, he, he'd love to win his uh, home Grand Prix, but I'm pretty sure, looking at today, that they might just win Monza as well. So Who might I win Monza? Red Bull. I don't see yeah, Red Bull I think, not, yeah. not winning Monza like this. So. Yeah, I was going to say Red Bull. See Mods on favourite for that as well now. I'd, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, like, this, I earlier, sort of miss, but, uh, like I said earlier, like I said earlier, Spa's just a sample size of one when we're looking at like how they've come out of the summer break and the potential. Yeah, but it, it is a, like Lewis Hamilton said, this is a kick to the T, 1.8 seconds. Yeah. It's six tenths to, to the Ferraris, yeah. qualifying pace, when before the summer, the Ferraris were actually slightly better, I think, over one lap than the Red Bulls. Yeah, but we don't. Yeah, know. No matter how how you say this, and the, like for like Leclerc finishing sixth and not fifth as well, right? Yeah, it's just six days, and then you're back again. So, but we don't know how much this technical directive has impacted them, and maybe that technical directive has impacted them specifically at Spa. We don't really know that yet. That's why I mean, no. it's only a sample size of one. So, really I've I've written it down now. So he says, "Mock." I'm, st- I'm st- I still Saints. I still think that is. That's my. I'm sticking with that's my prediction. I'll do the other way around. Leclerc signs some marks for this one. Okay. I was right about the winner. Everything else, Lewis making the podium, but they didn't quite make that. He would so. have done as well, I think, if he hadn't wiped out with Alonso. I think he could have. Finished. I don't know. The Alpines were really fast on the straight, so I don't. I don't know if that. Yeah, but if you look at where Russell finished, right behind Sainz, I think Hamilton potentially could have been Sainz. Ah, fair enough. Fair enough. But it's no way of finding that out. No, I was going to say it's it's all what ifs. Uh, What is the thing we said last week? I said brains coming, right? And I, oh, I did say that Leclerc would crash. Crash, Leclerc didn't crash, so I was wrong there. Yeah, you thought his engine. What is the unlikely thing that's going to happen this weekend at Sanford? Unlikely thing. Um, I am going to say that the unlikely thing next weekend is that a Alpine is going to finish above a Mercedes without like a Mercedes not finishing. I mean, if both Mercedes yeah, yeah. and both Alpine finish, I think an Alpine is going to finish above a Mercedes. Could very well be this track, honestly. Yeah. Um, it seems, it seems the- unlikely given that Mercedes are generally the third fastest car, but I don't know. I think, yeah, I, th- I think that might happen. I'm sort of hoping for a wet race, if I'm honest. It's, we've got thunderstorms and stuff all going into the Netherlands on Saturday. Right. That might be interesting. And uh, we haven't seen Zandvoort in the rain yet, so that's going to be cool if that's yeah. happening. Uh, unlikely thing happening is that there will be no tactical errors from Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of confidence. Uh, that's very unlikely. Yeah. Last but not least, did you have a think about what you're going to have for Formula 1 beverages? Or I've been trying to think of something 
Dutch related for most of the week. And I just haven't got anything. So I'm just going to play it safe and say that I'll try and find a Dutch beer, I guess. Heineken nah, would have to be. I really mean, it's not. Just say Heineken, you're done. Right? Yeah. I, 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 I think of someone, but I'm going to stay away from the Hamburg. You know the Hamburgs I said last week? Yes, yeah. I said uh, Rosberg, uh, Rosberger and Hamilton Burger. Yeah. Hamburger. Um, so that's like I said with the Rosberger, it's the same, uh, well, it's the same Hamburger, but just served a little bit faster. Yes, yeah. Um, and I, I, this is going to be my last Hamburger or Mercedes joke, but I, this week I'm going to um, force the Force India Burger, which is actually. The same burger as we had last week, yeah. but then with a pink color on. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> I did think was a the, lot about uh, this. Was the Rosberger only faster than the hamburger because the hamburger was burnt the first time around? <laughs> oh, that could have been that one. <laughs> but it's important. These are the identical burgers. Just putting it out there. Yeah. <laughs> James, last week we didn't have a Twitter handle. Last week we didn't have a place we could call people to leave their comments feedback etc etc yeah. but this week we have yeah uh i decided to make a twitter for doing this podcast so it's uh, at focus uh, sorry at f1 in focus james all one word it'll be in the description of wherever you're listening to this brilliant before we say that you can find the podcast at f1 in focus pod um, do we have to talk about what Alonso said to Lewis? Nah, I don't think we need to cover that. You'll find it probably uh, else. He's, yeah, Hamilton's living rent-free in Alonso's head for the last... <laughs> Still, though, right? <laughs> last, yeah, like 15 years. That's insane. Uh, Leclerc's official statement, by the way, before we end the show, is P9 in lap one, then tear off in the brakes that causes front right brake overheating. I have to stop the takeoff to take off the tear off to the brakes. Come back to P5, took a five-second penalty by being too quick in a pit lane because of a burn sensor caused by the first issue. It was a beautiful day, he says. <laughs> My God. Really the fact that that sensor was caused, like burnt out, was caused by the tear-off as well is just, um, that's re- Wow. <laughs> just wow. Uh, group therapy for Ferrari fans. Yeah, and actually, he looks he looks really sad. I feel bad. I feel really bad for him. Um, I, I, I do, do not feel bad for, of course, um, people listening to podcast. I want to say my personal thanks or our personal thanks for uh, giving your time into this podcast. And of course, this week we didn't make it within the hour either. Uh, we'll get better at that, but there was so much to discuss. There was a lot this week, to be it's, fair. Yeah, um, and now I could say, you know what? We're not going to get a new manufacturer this weekend. Before Salford, but who knows, might actually still happen. Maybe Porsche we'll makes to... it official. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I can see that happen at Salford with Red Bull as well. So who knows, right? Yeah. Um, wait till Friday. We'll bring out this podcast again next Monday. We'll be back. Drop us your questions, remarks, feedbacks at F1 Focus Pod on Twitter. And of course, find us on all platforms. We're currently available. Um, the more people listen to us, the more people like us, the more people actually give us a five-star review, the more easily we can get added to more platforms. Um, we've sent in request. Will we be on, I think, Apple really shortly if we aren't already at the time of this recording? Um, but we want to get noticed more. But in the meanwhile, you can find us at least on Spotify and, of course, on YouTube, and you can buy, find both 
the video feeds on it as well. Thank you very much for listening. James, see you next week. Yeah, cheers. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.